Hi, I'm Amy Porter. Some of you know me as a flutist and a classical musician, others as a professor, and some of you know me as a publisher and arranger. I'm a stepmom, I'm a business owner, and I'm the founder of a couple of nonprofits. And this is my podcast. My core mission as an entrepreneur is to appreciate what I have around me. And then I try and see as clearly as possible how I can help. So let's talk. Let's share information. Let's laugh and sometimes cry over the things that we have to work through in life and in music, in business and family and relationships. Come on into my Porter Flute pod. Welcome back to Porter Flute Pod. This is episode nine. You're in the pod here with Justine Sudke and Alan J. Tomasetti. And today we're back on our performance therapy theme. It's called Creating Musical Dreams and Meeting Realistic Goals. We've all wondered and wanted and dreamed and thought about our futures in music and in the arts. I'll help you get some ideas, and set some parameters for yourself. You know, sometimes we just need a little bit of imagination and creativity. I went to the vault and found that sonata for flute and piano that's always called for in competitions. It's by Francis Poulenc. And at the piano, the fantastic Katie Leung. Welcome back to Porter Flute Pod. I'll start off right away by asking some questions. Why do you get up on stage? Why do you feel you need to perform? Why do you need to do a competition? Why do you even need to make sure there's an audience? Well, I think it's because we like challenges. We like to test our potential. Let's see if I can do it, right? We want experience. Sometimes we want to build our resume. And sometimes we just want to discover if there's some kernel of truth that we could be good enough. Where do I fit in? Where do I fit in at my school, my country, in the world? I think the goal, if you give it a goal, is to make the next concert happen, make the next round happen, make the next meeting of that audience happen while you're playing the concert. I've said it before, but it really gets on my nerves when people say, I can't wait till that's over. (laughs) I feel like saying, well, why bother doing it? Because you probably want to do it again, but you've put up this or someone has put up a barrier in front of us to prevent us from finding and excelling and exceeding. And really, it's, it's a journey of happiness, not one where you just want to make it go away. So I really just want to make sure that you're asking yourself the right questions. Why am I doing this? And please, if you don't want to get up on stage, don't do it. It's not for the faint at heart. I have stood there sometimes looking up at the lights and saying in my head, while I was playing, remind myself never to do this again. 
Now, did I remember? No, I don't remember. I don't remember the hard times. I just remember the good times. And the good times of performance is when I'm feeling the best and I'm playing. It's not the walking on and it's not the walking off. It's not the applause or the accolades. It's that feeling. That's why I perform because it just gives me freedom. I think that's my word anyway. What's your word? Some of us like to play the same pieces over and over and over again. Why? Well, we love them. We sound really good on them. We have great tone. We have great technique. We actually sound really good on these pieces. But then when we write down the the pieces we actually know, we find that there are shortages. We find that there are holes. Maybe we haven't played enough Baroque music or we haven't played enough music with extended techniques. And how about all that French repertoire? So my suggestion is to make a master list of all the repertoire you must prepare for the summer or for your community or for an audition or a competition. So set aside your repertoire goals and put them on a list that is attached to your bedroom wall. Literally, don't put it on your phone. Don't put it on your Facebook wall. Don't put it on your computer. Put it on your wall. Look at it. It will diminish in scope. You will all of a sudden start digesting this list that you need to prepare. Does it include chamber music or extended techniques? So organize your head. Don't be afraid to commission new works. Don't be afraid to play little-known pieces by famous composers. Please program persons of color and make your programming as diverse as possible. And play works composed by your friends. That's really great to have a premiere. If you choose your program, consider the audience. Consider what's acceptable for that audience. There's a place and a time for everything. So if you want to make a statement, make sure that you're timing it so that people get that statement. Not every concert is an outlet for a statement piece. And if you're going to a competition, please read the repertoire list carefully. I remember suffering in a competition by bringing the Bach E major sonata and finding out that they wanted the Bach E minor sonata. So fortunately, I had played the E minor the year before, and both the E major and E minor sonatas were in the same edition. So boy, was that a a lifesaver. But that was my mistake. I hadn't read the repertoire list carefully enough. It just, I saw Bach, E, oh great, got that. (laughs) And lastly, make sure you learn the entire piece. Be familiar with the piano part or, or the score. The flute part is not the score. That's just single line. And please play with the proper style. We don't want Rachmaninoff Bach. We don't want to confuse our audience. Well, that's part of our repertoire goals. Now, on to practicing. Here's where we put the fun back in fundamentals. 
we need to be practicing. And I have a focus sheet to direct practicing for students. I put five major blank points, right? So you get to fill in the blanks. And the topics are intonation and tone and articulation and phrasing. And it's a focus sheet that gets you to put down five things for each category that you want to work on. And that really focuses your attention on those areas, not just a fleeting memory that, oh, I I should really work on that. Also, it prevents us from practicing within repertoire. We're actually practicing the skill that we put into the repertoire. Try not to practice the skill within the repertoire because you won't remember the skill. I'd say also practice the first few bars of each piece a lot. This makes your audience fall in love with you. So focus in on the first few bars of every piece. Also focus in on transitions. You're only as good as your transitions. That's what I say. You could be playing along in this beautiful phrase and then all of a sudden either the timing isn't right or the vibrato or the pitch. So just make sure your transitions aren't deflecting from your major phrases. I would say keep a practice diary and talk to yourself about what you worked on that day. Mark an X in the margins at the trouble spots. I know that it's very important to sometimes take those trouble spots into a warm-up. So at least you can go to the music, look at where the X is at the end of the line and say, that's what I have to work on right now. Mood changes. Let me talk about that. Mood is doom spelled backwards. So we want to talk about color or emotional shifts instead of moods. So practice those shifts in your tone warm-ups. Practice the larger works of your repertoire list more than the shorter works. And why? Because they have more movements in them. And research these pieces. Teach these pieces that you're playing. Now, one thing about practicing. Practice at your best time of day. Avoid the late nights and keep your normal routine And if you are in a competition mode or you have a performance coming up, then you need to live the lifestyle of a competitor. And what happens when you have to play first thing in the morning? Well, then you get used to practicing at first thing in the morning. You get used to playing at the time of day at which you're going to perform. I would try to practice in a variety of halls or room rooms or use different microphones and research the acoustics that you'll be playing in. Sometimes your own best sound is the one that is natural and the one that doesn't have a, an ocean of echo on it. I would say if you have an orchestral audition coming up and you are scared of the screen, you could do what I did actually stood in the bathtub without the water and I pulled the shower curtain and I played right next to the shower curtain and it kind of dispelled the fear of the you know the the screen either you're behind a screen or the committee's behind a screen but there's a screen and I never liked that screen so I decided to simulate it with the shower curtain Also, if you're nervous for playing for a group of people, then assemble a practice panel. You could have your family or your pets or even stuffed animals. Just make sure you're not just playing for one person. 
Now here's another tip. Look in the mirror. Are you making any odd facial or body movements that people couldn't see on stage or in this competition? And the last thing is make sure you're recording yourself, not just video and not just audio. Try both of them. Your practicing will get stronger, even though you'll probably have a lot of tears. I remember hearing myself and crying, crying, crying. How could I possibly be where I am and sound so bad, I would think. But generally, recording yourself gets easier and you see how much you've improved. So now on to the research. Have you ever found yourself dreaming all day about your musical dreams and your artistic dreams and dreaming, 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 and the haze just gets hazier? Well, that's because we don't have any research into our dreams. If we sit down and put our dream down on paper and then say, what is the research I need to do this? Who is the person I need to find to put me on the journey? To reaching this goal because the dream is just a dream if you just sit there and say I think I should and I think I might so you've actually got to go do something and research is the way out you have to find reliable sources you have to have reliable performance practices for instance if you're going to be a jazz artist a baroque artist um, any kind of artist in a specialized genre you must use reliable publishers and reliable sources. You must read books. If you're going straight to the internet for your advice and for your knowledge, sometimes it's a mile wide and an inch deep. So make sure you are researching. Don't be afraid of new interpretations. In contemporary music, you have to ask yourself a lot of questions and follow the the ledger in the front that shows you all the fingerings. Find out if accidentals carry through the measure. Make sure you are an individual, but play by the rules. So your dreams can happen. You can do all that you would like to do as long as you're smart about it. Don't forget, I always say, if you want to do something, it's probably been done before. So don't waste your time reinventing the wheel. But it's never been done by you. So do all your research so you can meet your realistic goals. (music) 
with all the practice and all the research and making sure that we're honoring our most individual self, we now can have the outcome of a concert or a performance or a competition. And we have to deal with the highs and lows of that project, the rejection and growing from these experiences. So let me give you a few pointers on what to consider when once you finally get to this concert. Think about stamina. Don't start with something shaky. If you're going to address the audience, please use good speaking skills. Don't stand up and have your first words be um. State the complete title, the composer's full name and movement titles, and please stand still while you're speaking. Don't rearrange the stage. We're trying to listen to you. Even adjusting the music stand is taking away from what you're really trying to say. My biggest piece of advice that has worked for me everywhere at all times is bringing my own collaborative pianist. You need to know the piano parts so well that you're free in your rehearsals to spend your rehearsal time on musical issues. If you're just trying to learn the part with the pianist at the competition or at the concert a few hours before, it's not as good. I would also live in the moment of the competition in the weeks before your performance. And then at the performance, you live in the now. You don't live in the future and you don't live in the past. That amazing sports psychologist, Don Green says, avoid positive outcome thinking. Oh, I'll definitely win or negative outcome thinking. What if I make a mistake? I would also tell family and friends of your plans. Let them know I am planning for this concert or this competition or this goal. Let's make a date after that goal has, is, has been reached. So a couple of details. Make sure that when you are in this concert, that you are feeling comfortable. You're wearing the shoes that you want and that you tie your long hair maybe out of your face so it doesn't get in your mouth. And I'm only speaking from experience. Here's the situation. Juries or an audience, sometimes they only hear perfection or the lack of perfection. I'll explain it this way. You walk on stage with a hundred points, right? Everyone's clapping, clapping, clapping. And then they start to subtract if there's a little bit of an issue. So your, your goal is to keep your points. That doesn't happen in the Olympics. They have to earn those points after, after their program. Hopefully your audience and your jury panel will be open to individualism and chance taking. You want to keep a, a very high level the whole time throughout your show. So you want to tune gracefully. Have you ever heard that you have two chances to tune? The first time everyone knows you're out of tune. So the second time you better be in tune. <laughs> Don't play a concerto on the note A, right? And if possible, get into the hall before and tune to the piano or tune to the acoustics. So you have a better idea of where your pitch will need to be. Don't forget that tuning notes are the first thing that everyone hears. And I'll leave you with this. Once you're there, you have done the work. So believe in yourself and be gracious. When you're around others, 
say please and thank you and learn from your jury panel. If they have a recital nearby, go to that recital. Attend every winner's recital and all the colleagues' recitals. Maybe even send a little thank you note to a jury member. It's these little acts that you can do, little tiny goals that you can make so that you are honoring, not just creating, your musical dream. Here are some of the rewards. So let's say you don't win whatever you're going for. Hey, no one can take that practice away from you. No one can take that preparation away from you. After all, you have to love what you do and do what you love. Be accepting of the results in life. Be easy on yourself while you continue to have confidence and courage. For being with me today. Please know I'm just speaking from personal experience. I remember sitting on the bed. This was way before internet and just looking at magazines and making my own dreams and writing down those lists and seeing my inadequacies and my flaws, but believing that I had the power to pick myself up and believe in myself as an artist. And that's where I've gotten today. Join us for our next podcast as we return to Etudes, and we're calling it Etudes and the College Journey. I appreciate you being here. You can find me at amyporter.com or porterflute.com. On Facebook, I'm Amy Porter Flutist. And on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, I'm Porter Flute. I'm so grateful for you. Mm-hmm.